Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. Wow, you guys, we made it through Thanksgiving. We're done with Black Friday and now we are in the final stretch of this year. That is crazy. I don't know where this year went, but there's still time. There's time to enjoy, there's time to relax, and there's time to get shit done. So if there's anything that you are thinking right now, like you would be really damn proud of yourself if you were to accomplish this by the end of the year, write it down, make a plan, and do it. Like I know we all have goals. We all you know, have things that we want to accomplish. There are bad habits we want to break. There are things we want to change about ourselves. There are things we want to stop doing or start doing. Like this is a really good time to actually zero in and commit to that and, you know, make it a goal for yourself. Whatever that thing is, you have a month now to get it done. And while everyone's focusing on like, oh, well, I'll start my resolutions next year or I'll start this habit next year. Like, no, now is a perfect time to do it. It's also a good distraction from like all of the of the holidays. That wasn't even a word, obviously. But like, I don't know, I feel like the holidays are a lot. It's like a lot is being thrown at you. You're trying to rush to finish work, to finish school for the semester, whatever it is. But at the same time, like you want to relax. There's also holiday plants and holiday shopping and a lot of holiday parties. And it's just so much at once of like this pressure to have a great time, but also this pressure to relax. And it's really confusing. So I think if there is a goal that you can set for yourself to accomplish, maybe it's, you know, doing your skincare routine four days out of the week because right now you're only doing one or two, or maybe it's taking your makeup off at night or, you know, trying a new workout class once a week or going for a walk five days out of the week or actually taking a lunch break. Um, This is actually really funny. I was talking to my friend who is a dietitian, shout out Michelle, because of some of my tummy issues and all that fun stuff. And she asked when I eat lunch, like how much of a lunch break am I taking? And I was like, what do you mean lunch break? Like, I don't take a lunch break. She's like, Lana, what what do you mean you don't take a lunch break? I'm like, well, there's so much to do. Like I just eat while I work. And she's like, Alana, you work for yourself. You're your own boss. You have to give yourself a lunch break. And I'm like, wait a second. And I'm like, is it me? Am I the problem? I'm like, am I creating my own toxic work environment? And she was like, literally, yes. And I'm like, oh my God, I am. And it was just like this funny thing where, you know, we are in control of, there's a lot we're obviously not in control of, but there is so much that we are in control of and that we can be doing a better job of, you know, treating ourselves well and doing things that serve us and not doing things that aren't good for us. And it is in part like our job to make sure we're doing that for ourselves. Like I feel like we spend so much time looking out for other people, our friends, our partners, our family members, like other people that we love. And we never take a step back and like, look at like, how can we show up better for ourselves? So, um, my goal is to give myself lunch breaks through the rest of the year, because apparently there are a lot of actual, like scientific things where it will help me digest better. Um, which is why we started talking about that. Anywho, point being the year is not over. And I think this is a great time to commit to something and maybe it's in dating. Maybe you're going to try and go on one date a week, or maybe you're actually going to take a break from the apps. Cause you've been saying you're going to do that because you're burnt out, but you haven't done that. Dating will still be here next year. Take a fucking break.
Speaking of dating, this is a dating podcast. We do have a dating-based episode coming up, and we have an awesome dating guest joining us. Uh, Today, we have Trip Kramer on the podcast. He is a world-renowned men's dating coach, and he is the host of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. So I actually went on that recently. You can check out that episode if you want to listen to it before this, if you want to listen to it after this. It's a great episode. On this episode, Trip and I discuss the biggest misconceptions that men and women have about each other in dating. We talk about what men wish women do differently in dating. We answer listener questions from women, answer listener questions from men. Um, the ones from women are about assessing interest, paying for dates, friend zoning, bringing up exclusivity and nerves going into your first date with a significant other. And from the guys, it's about when to make a move, sending the post-date follow-up text, staying motivated when you're having no luck, showing interest while taking it slow and relaxing through the process of finding love. This is an awesome episode. I am super excited that it is finally here. We recorded this a few weeks ago and I was like, oh, I want this one to come out sooner, but good things come to those who wait. All right. We are here. Trip Kramer, Trip Advice. Welcome to seeing other people. Thanks. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm really pumped to have you here. We did an amazing recording, you guys, on Trip's podcast, How to Talk to Girls. So if you have not listened to that pause this, go head over, listen to that episode, listen to 10 more of his episodes, give him a five-star rating interview, come back, and then you're allowed to listen to this episode. (laughs) Wow, look at that. Okay, put in the rules. I like it. Exactly. So I'm very excited to have you here because I think that there is a lot for us to talk about and a lot that people can learn. I would love to first hear, though, how you ended up being this dating coach, specifically for men. And, you know, what led you there? Was it something about your own dating experiences or something that you noticed happening in modern dating? How did we get here? How did we get 700 episodes into a podcast? Yeah, totally. It's really all personal. It was all because of me. It wasn't like some grandiose business idea where I saw a lack in a market somewhere or, or like you were saying, like some, some flaw in, in, in modern dating or anything like that. It all started with me. I was, uh, I, 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 I coined myself as the friend zoned nice guy. I don't think you can get worse than that for a, for a dude who's trying to attract women. Oh, so just constantly in the friend zone all my life, all the way till college. And, and then finally moving out to LA from Chicago where I only knew one person and I, I'm 22, right? I wanted to date and this is, this is 2007. So dating apps weren't that popular. They were, they were coming about, uh, not the apps, the sites at that point. And, uh, and then I tried that and I was not, I had no idea what I was doing. So I was not attracting the kinds of women that I wanted. And man, I, I was, I, I had some weird dates from, from some of those things. And, and so I was like, all right, so what am I supposed to do here? So I started looking up advice online and I found really at that time, it was very big on pickup and PUA stuff. So like if you ever read the book, The Game, that was super popular from, I mean, still is kind of popular, but really people were just uh, buying this thing off the shelves from 2005 to 2008, which was just this book that taught guys through a story. So let me take that back. It wasn't a how-to book. It was a story with some how-to in there about how a nerd can be able to attract women. And this guy told this story and and I was like, well, if these guys can do it, why can't I do it? So I started, well, I read the book like three times and, and I started uh, looking up advice online and it was, it was very weird, like pick up stuff that wasn't very comfortable for me. I just didn't really want to 
use these routines and weird lines that a lot of these pickup artists at the time were doing to attract women. Plus, on top of that, I couldn't even do that because I was too nervous to approach women. So all this combined, I I kind of just gave up for a while. And I figured, well, I guess this is just my life. I'm just going to have to settle for whatever comes to me. And then I was like, no, this is no, I'm not letting that happen. Let's let's work on this. So I, I took my own journey where I started to go out in L.A. like three to four times per week and sometimes three weeks straight and just going out every night, just sober, by the way, like no alcohol, trying to learn how to talk to girls and how to approach people and socialize without being under the influence and just do this thing naturally. And I just went out and I just did it. And it was really hard and it was really tough. And then it got a little bit easier. And then there were some crazy stories. And it was just a wild journey of self-exploration and and just learning how do you do this. And I started to see results after about three to four months of like hitting the ground hard with going out a lot. And now I'm like 23, 24 at the time. And and I'm starting to get better at it. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going out a lot and dating the kinds of women I've always wanted to date. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. And so then my buddy comes up to me and he says, let's start a podcast. This is now 2009. Wow. He goes, let's start a podcast and let's, let's talk about this stuff. And it will be like a love line. And if you, for those of you who don't know what love line is, it was a show on MTV where it was kind of like a comedian and then Dr. Drew giving dating, love, sex, relationship advice. So I was going to be like the Dr. Drew, like the guy who was giving the advice, and he was going to be kind of like the comic relief. So we, we called it Dudes Talking About Chicks. And uh, and we started that in 2009, and it took off. And this just kind of gave me, not, not knowing that this was going to turn into something I was going to do for, for my, my path, my mission, my purpose, but I ended up loving it so much and started to get better at giving advice. And I thought, well, if I could do this, and I can give this advice because it people were just getting girlfriends and getting dates from the advice from the podcast. I'm like, I want to just keep doing this. So I started trip advice and that was in 2011 and long story short, even though that wasn't so short, here we are today. I love that so much. And I, I really admire how you went and challenged yourself. And I think that's one of the biggest things that people feel afraid to do. It's like, okay, how do I, you know, go and talk to girls? How do I learn how to pick somebody up at a bar? It's like, you don't just snap your fingers and get good at it. It's like anything else you have to practice, you have to fail, you have to learn what works. And obviously, that can be really challenging and really scary. But you put in the time and the effort and allowed yourself to fail and to get better. And you ended up actually realizing like, wow, I can learn to do this if I can, anybody can. Totally. Yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. And uh, do you want to tell more stories? Because I have another story. Go for it, please. Okay. Um, so now it's it's 2011. I put up my website, tripadvice.com. And I was still like, all right, I got to figure out like how I'm going to market myself, how I'm going to get clients. And then I, I kind of said to myself, I was like, well, I don't really have any actual experience coaching somebody. So I was like, okay, maybe I should coach someone and I'll do it for free just to see how it goes. So I put an ad on Craigslist. No okay. way. Oh my God. Put I an love ad on this Craigslist. <laughs> and, and I put the ad said something. It was like, I don't know, a paragraph. It's like, hey, I'm coaching men. I'm a dating coach for men. And I'm willing to give you a night out session where I help you meet women and I will do it 100% free 
um, this is legit. I feel like I've seen so many like TV shows, like episodes of this exact scenario. I'm freaking out. <laughs> okay. It doesn't get scary. I'm just going to say that much. Okay. Okay. Um, even though it sounds scary and ominous, it doesn't. Um, so, so one person reaches out to that ad and this guy, he's a, he's a DJ. He's not like super popular DJ, but he was popular enough at the time where he was getting lots of gigs and he was, he was kind of big in the underground DJ scene. I didn't know him, but um, that's what he told me. And so I was like, all right, cool. Let's, let's meet up. I will take you out for a night and help you approach women. So we meet at this bar called the Edison, which I wonder if that still exists. It's in LA downtown, this big bar. And we meet up and he shows up and the guy's like a good looking dude. And he's tall and he's like this DJ. And I'm like, uh, dude, you, you, have, what's, what's your problem? Like you have problem getting women. Right. And little did I know at the time, like it's not, has nothing to do with whether you're good looking or tall or any of that. Like you can still be shy. And he's like, yeah, man, I just get so nervous. He goes, I DJ sets all the time. All these beautiful women are around me. And I just like, don't know what to do. I can't talk to him. I was like, all right, well let's do this. I'm, I'm going to take you, you know, downstairs to this bar and let's, let's have you approach women. So we spent like three hours that night approaching a bunch of women and we had to start off slow at first. It was like just going up and saying hi or whatever. And by the end of the night, he was having full fledged conversations with women and flirting and all that. I think he even got a couple of numbers. And at the end he was like, Oh my God, trip, dude, this was, thank you. Thank you. This was amazing. This was so helpful for me. I feel like I really got out of my shell. I'm going to take these lessons and, and, and move with them. And this was just like such a great experience. I was like, amazing. That's awesome. And that was it. Like, that was it for me. I was like, all right, I'm charging from now on. Like, this is, I can do this. I, I can absolutely help guys. And, uh, and one of the things that was one of the biggest lessons besides me learning that I can coach guys and, and do it successfully was that it's not just the nerdy guy playing video games at home who's a uh, who's a neckbeard or whatever you know who's who's super shy and won't talk to women. There's millions of men around the world who need help, and I work and have worked in the past eleven years with TripAdvice with CEOs, doctors, lawyers, some C and even B list celebrities. I mean all kinds of guys, guys, you'd be like, how does that guy have a problem with women? And then, then your obvious ones, of course, you know, guys who maybe aren't from America, and they're new here, or, you know, guys who are virgins, and they're 25 years old. I mean, you name it. But there's a lot of guys out there who need help. And and that's what we do. And, and it has nothing to do with some of the more, more cliche things you might think. And, you know, I think the amazing thing is this probably helps in way more of the aspects of someone's life than just dating and approaching girls. It's like a whole confidence thing. It's a whole mindset thing and feeling like you can go after what you want. And I think that's what's so beautiful about it. And I love that point you made that it's not just like the, you know, nerdy guys who you would expect to be having trouble with. Like, I feel like in my dating experience, there have been multiple times where I've seen guys who I'm like, oh my God, this is the hottest guy ever. And I later find out that they're really shy and like they really have a real a hard time dating because they don't approach women. And it only worked with me because I actually approached them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and here's the thing too, is 
you're going to find, how do I say this? So whenever I talk to women, you, you have a, you have a big female audience, right? Correct. Okay. So whenever I tell a woman what I do for, for work, whenever I meet somebody, they say to me, um, you know, oh, good, good. I'm so glad. Thank you for your service. I'm so glad for what you're doing. These guys need help. And I've heard that more times than I can count. And I, I figured out after, after hearing this so many times that when we dive into conversation about it, they're not talking about the guys that I help. They're talking about the assholes that they have trouble yeah. with that just maybe don't like them or not interested or using them or not committing to them or douchebags or whatever. And then I have to explain to them and I'll explain to your audience is that those aren't the guys that I'm helping. Those guys aren't asking for help. Those guys are just douchebags who are just doing their thing and, and you know, going through a bunch of women and whatever. I'm helping the guys that you've never met before because you've never even talked to them. Those are the guys that we're helping. And then when I talk to guys about this, guys who, have, who I tell what I do for a living, and they're like, oh, they're just more shocked because not all the time, but a lot of the time they're more shocked because maybe I'm talking to a guy who just doesn't have that issue. And, you know, I tell them, I'm like, listen, I'm like, I have to explain to them and they're unaware also that there's a lot of guys out there who maybe didn't grow up the same way that they grew up, that they didn't grew up socialized or they grew up in, uh, you know, schools where they had lots of friends and were just, it was just easy for them and easy for them to just, you know, have confidence and, and just be kind of more naturals in a sense. And so I have to explain to them, no, there's, there's a whole subset of men out there who they've never done any of this. They've focused maybe on their work for many years. They are guys who maybe were married and just got divorced. So those are guys that yeah. we work with too. And uh, and so, yeah, bottom line, it, it blows people's minds what I do because they're just not aware that there's so many guys out there that aren't meeting women, have trouble meeting women. And as we were talking about on my podcast, it's just only getting worse. Yeah, and that makes sense. I think especially as we get more and more, you know, deep into this dating app world, it brings a whole new set of issues and challenges for people where, again, we were never really taught how to use them, similarly to how we were never taught how to go to a bar and meet people. And so I think that's, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that people are able to lean on you and, you know, learn from you, because no matter what, like, nobody has it all figured out, no matter who you are, no matter, you know, what, background you come from it's really fucking hard out there and so i mean thank you for what you're doing and you know hopefully some of your guy listeners and some of my girl listeners are going to meet each other and get together and make magic happen yeah yeah i i want to there's two kind of parts to this episode that i want to do i want to talk about what men are doing and what women are doing and what we all could be doing better and then i have a bunch of questions from guys about dating girls and from girls about dating guys. Okay. So let's start with what do you think the biggest mistake is that men are making in dating? Okay. I think the biggest mistake that men are making in dating is they're not getting enough volume. That's, that's the number one. They're not meeting enough women. And so that's causing a whole array of issues anywhere from they're not finding the kind of woman that they want to they think that getting rejected is the issue or they think they're 
ugly or they think they're not good enough. And I tell guys, if you get enough volume in, then that is going to solve a bunch of issues right off the bat. I have some guys that, that we coach and I'm just like, all right, you just have to swipe more and you have to approach more women and that just solves the problem. And then they're able to get more dates. But a lot of guys are relying either too much on online dating and they don't have a good profile. And with that, they're not even like, they're not swiping enough. They're not taking enough time to do it. And guys who just aren't going out and meeting enough women out and about. So once we just get them to the point where they are meeting more people, that helps get more people in their funnel, so to speak. And a lot of guys are focused more on meeting women through their social circle, which is completely normal. And that's a great way to meet women. But how limited are you through your social circle, your social circle, even if it's a big social circle, I don't, how many chances do you have? I don't know, two, maybe, Right. you know, you can't be dating everyone in your, in your friend group. It just doesn't work that way. So you're like, you're hoping that it's two. It's usually even one. And even if maybe you don't even get to date anyone in your social circle because they're just in your friend group and they're dating other people and whatever you're doing, it's it's not very attractive to them or you're in the friend zone or whatever it is. So guys need to have more volume. And another reason why guys need more volume, especially in 2022, and I can't imagine, uh, or I, I can't imagine it moving forward like this and not changing is because right now, it is harder than ever to be able to meet women. Even the average guy has a really hard time meeting women. So because of that, you need to swipe more and approach more to get the chance to be able to meet a woman who's actually going to want to go on a date with you and who's want who's going to want to continue to go on a date with you. So volume is the thing that guys are not getting enough of. And that's the most important. Women already have a lot of volume because they either are getting approached or they get swiped on a lot. So in that case, they don't really need to solve that problem. They have different problems. But for a man, the first problem is we need to get more feet in the door. Yeah. And I know you talk a lot about having an abundance mindset. And I think that has a huge you know, impact because if you're not having, if you're not allowing yourself to have different options, then you're going to think like, Oh my God, there's going to be so much pressure on it working out with the one option that you do have, or one of the two dates that you're going on this month. So I think that does play a really big role in like, you need to know you're not just going to meet somebody and make it work. I mean, occasionally that happens where we see people who go from one relationship to the next and then they find their person. But for the most part, you know, you do want to have the opportunity to get to know what type of person you do like what type of relationship you do want and that takes like you said like allowing yourself to have options and to swipe more and yeah just increase your volume in general yeah yeah it's uh it, it just, it's just super important so that's kind of like step one but yeah. yeah on the flip side of that what do you think the biggest mistake that women are making in dating is i think that they're not giving enough guys a chance that they would actually really like yeah, I, I agree. Think that's 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 their that's their big mistake, uh, and that that can when I say that advice, it confuses some women. They they think that that sounds like lower my standards, and it's in my opinion, it's it's not lowering your standards. I mean, I think that I think women will actually be very pleased and happy to be with a guy that is not that long list that they're looking for. Yeah. 
and that they'll have actually great relationships. There's a funny meme going around the the internet, especially on TikTok, or actually everywhere, where women are are posting and saying, "Where are all the good guys?" And the guys are commenting and they're saying, "You put them in the friend zone." Yeah. And it's like, yep. ah, there's some truth to that. You know, there are guys out there who are great guys that they put in the friend zone for whatever reason because they want, I don't know, they they want this long list that they believe that they can have. And so the problem is, is because their list is so long, well, let's say this, the reason why their list is so long is because they get a lot of dates, they keep on going on a lot of dates, and it becomes a paradox of choice where there's there's so many men they don't know how to choose and each time they go on a date, they extract a quality that they like from a guy and they go, okay, well, I want a guy who's like this, who's like this. So their list is so long. So, and I even tell this to guys too, is like, if your list is too long, every quality you put on your list shrinks your pool even more. So then you have less men that are going to be available to you. And I, I know some women say, well, then that's fine. I don't want to settle. And I say, well, that's fine too. I don't, I don't, it's, it's whatever you want. If you, if you, are so stuck in having, you know, the list of 15, 15 qualities that you're looking for. Uh, good luck. I, I don't, I just don't think it's, it's necessarily going to happen. So. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I, I do think that's a really great point that a lot of the guys that, you know, we want, will be say like, we want the nice guy. We want the guy who's going to treat us right. And who we're going to feel comfortable with, but then we're going for the guys who are going to hurt us. And those are the guys who, you know, maybe they put themselves out there a little more, or they are seemingly, you know, just more, you know, desirable, but those are the people that continue to hurt us, continue to fuck us over, continue to like go on a bunch of dates with us and then tell us they're not looking for something serious. And we're not giving a chance to the actual really nice guys who would make incredible long-term partners. Right. Um, there's something, have you heard of the wi women's, hold on, I'm looking it up right now. Women, I'm going to say right. Female delusion calculator. I haven't. Enlighten okay. me. I did not make this up. But uh, <laughs> if you go to igotstandardsbro.com, you'll see it says female delusion <laughs> calculator. And it says, what are the chances to find the man of my dreams? And what it does is you can fill out the kind of guy that you want. And it gives you, based on taking data from the U.S. Census, how many men are available to you. So let's let's do this. Basically, it's age, race min height and minimum income. So um, let's do this with you real quick. Okay. Yeah. Um, maybe not you specifically, but I know you talk to a lot of women. So just give me an age to start of, of, of a man that you'd want. What, what age would you want him to be? Let's go. I'm 28. Let's go. You can 20, give me a range. Let's go 27 to 35. Okay. 27 to 35. And yes, we're going to check off exclude married. <laughs> okay. You're with me here. Okay, <laughs> yeah. cool. Um, race. Uh, for me, it's going to be white. Okay. Because I care about my partner being Jewish and I find that 99.9% .9 of Jewish men are white. Okay. By the way, Jew over here too. Um, okay. Great. Tribe. That's right. Minimum height. I'll go five, seven. Bullshit. No, I swear. So this is the thing. I, this is a hill that I will die on. I'm five, five. I don't give a fucking shit. If the person is like, I don't need to date somebody who's six foot. I don't wear heels ever. Okay. I don't right. care. And How tall are you? Here, 
I'm five, five, five and a half, five, five and a half. Five, five, Good five, for you. Six. I'm glad. I'm glad that you're, let's just go with it. So five, seven Great. minimum income. I don't know how much I care about this. I'm going to go from the school of thought of like the people I talk to and let's go with a hundred K. Okay. So hundred K. So to recap, 27 to 35, not married, white, five, seven and up, or is it end up? No, it's just up to five, minimum seven height. and then yeah, minimum height. And then a hundred thousand dollars per year. And then I clicked on an ad. Whoops. Find out. Okay. So it says, according to, excuse me, according, according to statistical data, the probability of a guy of the U.S. male population ages 27 to 35 meets your standards is 1.7%. That is 3% of all white men in that age range. Yeah. Delusion score four to five. So it tells me I'm an aspiring cat lady. Yes. And I want to call out the height thing really quick. I know, and and this is something I really like yell at my friends for. I have friends who are five one, and they want a guy who's over six foot. And I'm like, you just don't need that. And I there's you know the U.S. population. I have a chart in front of me. Only fourteen percent of men are six foot or taller. Yeah. And so then once you add those other factors in, and you know your location, age range, all of these other things. If I if we had written like six foot plus, I'm sure that number would be like 0.5 percent. Yeah. Uh, well, I just did it, and it's 0.3 percent. Wow. So I think the point here is is that um, women are a lot of women are searching for men in a very small pool, and here's the here's the worst part about it is a lot of those guys who are six foot and over making over $100,000 per year in that age range in the prime of their life. A lot of those guys also don't want to necessarily settle down. They have the ability to have have sex with a lot of women. And God knows what percentage out of the 0.3% are just choosing that. And most women want a relationship. So that makes even few available. And some of those men might not go for that woman who yeah. thinks she's deserving of that guy, but maybe for whatever reason, she's not attractive to him. And also at the end of the day, these you know more superficial things, those are not what's going to generate a actual romantic connection. Exactly. Like you could go on a hundred dates we can go on dates with a hundred people who are in that 0.3% and actually not like any of them, or maybe like one or two of them, maybe have a connection with five, but you know, one it's bad timing with one just got out of something or you got out of a relationship or, you know, you just didn't hit it off or somebody took too long to text back and then it started to fade out. Like there are a million different things that can go wrong in any situation. And so you're doing yourself we're all doing ourselves a disservice by having that long, long, long checklist of what we're looking for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. and like I said, there's going to be plenty of guys who are, and I'm not even going to tell a woman that you have to be with a guy who's five foot tall, super obese, lives with his parents. Right, like, okay, right. That we're, but... we're, we're, you know, that that's a little bit on the extreme here. But a guy who's five seven, five eight. Who has a who makes a decent living, 
I mean, there's so many men out there. I mean, so many men out there who are available who will be a great partner to you. Um, The other thing, too, is there's a big debate over – we can chat about this if you like – about whether dating is harder for men or women, right? Like who has it harder? And a lot of women will say they have it harder. A lot of men say they have it harder. Here's my opinion on it. So there's two steps – if we want to simplify this, dumb this down, there's two steps to finding a partner. One, like I I said earlier, you need to have a lot of volume, right? So you need to have, well, let's say this, you need to have a lot of opportunities. That's a better way of saying it to, to make sense here. You need to create a lot of opportunities, right? Step one. And then what's step two, you just have to filter through your opportunities to see who's a good fit for you. That's it. That's what online dating is. It's just opportunities. That's what going to a bar or or working with a matchmaker is it's just opportunity. So step one, opportunity, step two, filter, right? Women don't need to really deal so much with step one. Step one is handled for most women because like I said earlier, that default, they get approached by men or they're on the dating apps and most women can just get swiped on and have lots of options. Now, I know what women say after that. Every time I say that, they say, well, just because it's a lot of options, it doesn't mean it's a lot of good options. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I understand. Men still have to do both. So they have to create those opportunities, which is a lot of work, and then they still have to filter. So meaning they still have to get to the point where women are at already default. They have to do a lot of work, sometimes spend thousands of dollars doing whatever they need to do to get good pictures, make themselves look attractive, whatever they need to do to be a attractive man. And then from there, they still have to filter because same thing, right? It's not like every woman out there is a great catch, just like not every man is a great catch. So because of that, they still have to filter. So everyone's doing that. So that's why I believe that it's so hard for men is because they have to work on that first step that women don't have to work as hard on. Yeah, I know I mentioned this yesterday. I do want to emphasize that that is not the experience of all women. Um, I talk to cool, a lot yeah, of I'd women like to, who like to hear that. absolutely struggle with getting matches on apps. And they'll go to a bar, they'll try and talk to guys, and they'll actually go out of their way to approach guys, and they're not having luck. Um, but I also do understand, like I know the data that women in general have a much better experience on dating apps. So I do absolutely recognize that. and understand that it is not easy for men um i do think every gender likes to blame the opposite and say like well these guys keep fucking me over like these girls aren't giving me the time of day at the end of the day we all have challenges that we're facing and trying to overcome and i just wish everybody could you know understand that and try and be a little bit more decent and like they're all there's so many things that we can all do to make dating a little bit less terrible for each other, like not ghosting, actually communicating, you know, giving people a chance. And I just wish that, you know, our society could take even a baby step towards some of these things. I agree. Uh, One thing I tell guys to do when, so when I'm coaching guys and the woman uh, not ghosts them, but actually texts back and say, Hey, I'm actually not interested. Didn't feel the connection. Good luck out there. I tell them, I say, listen, your call, if you want to do this, but I do have a text that you can send her. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't just to see 
if we can learn from the experience and see what she said that she didn't like. Mm-hmm. I would say probably 70% of the time, the woman responds and says, well, first I'll, I'll tell you the text and then I'll tell you the responses. So the text goes like this, you know, so she says, Hey, didn't feel a connection, you know, thanks for the night and take care. Then I tell him the text, Hey, no worries. Uh, just out of curiosity for my own personal development, is there anything specific you can tell me of why you didn't feel the connection or why it didn't, you know, go the way you wanted it to. And uh, no worries if you don't respond and take care as well. Just like a really soft, hey, I'm not texting to try to get you back or, you know, I just want to know. And so usually there's a response. I'd say 60 to 70% of the time they say something because they don't want to hurt the guy's feelings. Like It's just like kind of bullshit. Like, yeah, yeah, I didn't feel a connection or nothing against you. I'm not dating. I don't feel like I should be dating right now, whatever. But then there's sometimes where the woman will say like, you know, when you did this, I didn't really like this. You seem to talk a lot about yourself. You didn't ask me enough questions, whatever it may be. I actually had one, one specific circumstance. Forgive me. I don't remember the exact details, but more importantly, what happened was she said, you know, I didn't like it when you did this again, I forgot what it was. And there was actually a good explanation for it. So he came back and said, Oh, you know, my bad. Like, that's not usually like me, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then she gave him another chance and they actually went on another date. And I think they even hooked wow. up. Wow. Okay. So it actually turned around. I'm not guaranteeing that's going to happen for anybody. Right. And that's not even the point of doing it. But it's that was interesting that that happened from that. Well, to that point, you know, I, I've had this experience and, and so have a lot of other people I've spoken to where, you know, uh, you send a rejection text, you send that, send that anti ghosting text and they respond something so sweet and genuine and like heartfelt. And it's like, I totally understand. And like, I want to respect your space. I like want you to know you're so awesome. And like, I really hope the best for you. And that response ends up making you like them more because of like how just genuinely nice they are. And like, I've definitely had experiences where I have sent that anti-ghosting text and then regretted it because of their response. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, um, it's interesting how once there is no pressure and, and it's just taken off, and yeah. people can be a little bit more real, which is which is tough for anyone to do, of course, on a first date. That attra- there's more room for attraction potentially. Yeah, you know that's why I'm trying to tell guys. You know one one of the things that women are 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 more attracted to. Or I'll say this: you know what people say, you know, to guys, be more confident. Women like confidence. Like, what does that mean, and what does that look like? So, what that looks like, I found out in a way that I can teach guys is just feeling comfortable, just feeling comfortable and not tense when you're talking to a woman. That's what confidence looks like because the opposite of confidence might be shyness or anxious. And so if you can just be comfortable and then how do you be comfortable? It just, it comes with experience talking to more women, going on more dates and, and, uh, and just getting used to that. So, yeah, the idea of confidence in itself is funny because 
most people are not actually confident. And you might see somebody and be like, wow, they're so confident and really admire that trait about them. And I guarantee most of those people are completely faking it. And it's something where you really have to just, you have to act confident. You go into a situation and you're like, okay, I don't know how else to get through this other than pretending like I know what I'm doing. And so everybody's just out there faking confidence, but that makes us jealous of the people who look confident when we're not. But really, we need to just walk into a room and act like we're confident, even if we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah, 100%. 100%. All right, let's get into some listener questions because I have a ton. So first, we have a question from a guy. How do I know if it's okay to make a move on her? Um, I'm going to guess that he means like going for a kiss. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, you're, you're not going to know. So as long as you had a good date, I would go for the kiss because there's no actual signs. Sometimes there is signs, but then sometimes a woman will will not give you any sign, but she still wants you to make a move. So if you're looking too much for signs, it's going to put you in your head too much. So if you feel a connection, you like the girl, and it was a a good date in your eyes, just go for the kiss, see what happens. I agree. I agree. I think a lot of times women are also looking for signs and you know, sometimes people will be like, Alana, like the date was great, but we didn't kiss. Is that a problem? And it's like, no, sometimes there just isn't a moment and you're both nervous. And if it, you felt like the date was great, like don't, don't harp on the fact that there was no kiss. I, yeah. Jake and I didn't kiss on our first date. We turned out great. We didn't kiss until the end of our second date. And I ended up having to make the move because I'm like, all right, he hasn't done it. Like I got to help him out here. Um, so I literally made a joke. We had joked earlier in the night about how I think he had his first kiss, which was like at camp. And he did, he pulled a line of like, if you were a pirate, would you have your parent on like this shoulder or this shoulder and like put his arm around her and like kissed her or something. And so as we were leaving, like putting our coats on, I literally did that to him. And that was our first kiss at the end of our second date. So sometimes more women should make that move. Yeah. You just got to like create a moment and a move out of thin air. And if it's going well, it'll, it'll be good. All right. Should I text her right after the date or wait a little bit? Um, it, it doesn't really matter too much. I, I would say you actually just don't want to text too far out. So I say, if you want just a, a simple rule to follow, just text the very next day, say that you had a good time and set up another date. That's the ideal. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And I think, yeah, like the next morning, and if you say, if you say that, and if they had a good time and want to see you again, and you send a text and say, when can I see you again? Like they will be over the moon thrilled. And yeah, if, if they like you for sure. It, exactly. And if they didn't have as good of a time and don't want to see you again, the fact that you sent that text and asked to see them again is not what's going to be what makes them not want to see you again. So send the text, yeah. figure it out, plan the next date. And if it doesn't work out, at least, you know, sooner rather than later. Totally. How do I stay motivated to keep trying to date when I'm having no luck? Oh, I get that question a lot. Okay. So first of all, it might come down to volume. So I wonder if you're actually putting yourself out there enough. Because if you are just going on a date or two per month, and you're barely swiping and you're talking to no women, and that's, and that's your data set like, oh, it's not working out. It's like, well, dude, you're not doing enough. Now, if you are doing enough 
and you're still trying to stay motivated because you are going on tons of dates and it's not working out, you're trying to get dates, it's not working out, try to focus more on the process than the end result. So you got to just focus more on what needs to change. So don't look at this as I got to get a girlfriend, I got to get laid, I got to get a kiss, I got to get a date. Focus on being the version of yourself that is going to actually be more attractive to women and and really admit to yourself that something needs to change in order to get better results. That's the fastest way I can answer that question. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that kind of answers another question that I had, which was how can I relax while going through the process of finding love? I feel desperate. Good question. Yeah, I think it's kind of the same. Like, don't focus on like, well, this needs to go well, or we need to hook up at the end of this, or like, I don't know what I'm going to do if I don't get another date. Like, just focus on being the best version of yourself and trying to enjoy it, I think takes the pressure off. And, you know, I always say like, we're approaching first dates wrong. And instead of, you know, making it this thing where like, it absolutely has to go well and lead to a second date, otherwise, it's a failure, approaching it like, I hope I have a good time and learn something. I think that helps you relax and just try and enjoy it a little more. I also wonder, in addition to that, I wonder if there's something in your life that might be lacking that you're so caught up on getting results in your dating life. So I, I think it's just very rare yeah. that as a person, you literally have every part of your life perfect, except you need that one piece of the puzzle. And that does happen. And I work with a lot of guys where that is the case. But for I'd say a majority of people, they might be looking for someone because they're just lonely or because they need to fill a void in their life. So there is a lot of opportunity for you to make other areas of your life better and not just focus solely on having a partner or getting laid or whatever it may be to bring in happiness. So I'd really take a, a, a bird's eye view at your life and see what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely attest to that and, and say that I spent so many years thinking that finding a boyfriend would fix every other aspect of my life that I was unhappy with. And so that's all I wanted. That's all I cared about. That's all I focused on. And there were so many other parts of my life that I could have been working on where I didn't need somebody else to, you know, complete that equation. And I could have just been bettering myself and making myself happier and, and more fulfilled. And instead, I was just like, well, no, like, a boyfriend will make me happy and will fix everything. And that just was not true. at right. all. Right. And in, in fact, I didn't end up in the relationship that was right for me until I worked on all of those other areas of my life. There you go. Prime yep. example. That's awesome. Exactly. All right. Last one from a guy. How do I show her I'm interested in pursuing, in pursuing her while still taking it slow? Um, I oh, well, it's still taking it slow. I'm guessing he means physically. Either or, that or, or, you know, or, or like not getting into not a relationship. Getting into a relationship yeah, so that's quickly, yeah. What he means. Um, okay, so the answer is you only want to see them once per week, really. Twice at the most. There you go. You know, it's like if you're seeing them all the time, you're going to be basically telling them that you are really trying to get into a relationship with them fast. So if you're seeing them consistently, but not all the time, that should solve the problem. Yeah, I think that's a perfect answer. And also, if you know that you are interested, like, don't be afraid to tell her, but also say like, I want to take things slow for XYZ reason or don't give a reason. But, you know, just keep making that next plan. And she'll 
keep feeling like you're interested. Yeah. Even if, even if the plan's a week out. Yep. All right. Questions from women. How do I know if a guy is interested versus just being friendly? I mean, making a move, right? Just probably something physical or yeah, see that. Oh, that is a, that is a tough one because some guys don't really understand how to do the, the, the romantic type of date. So they are, they are just, you know, try, doing like hangouts that seem friendly where he's actually thinking it is a date. So the bottom line is everything comes down to, is he, is he making a move? And I'll say this, if he's not making a move at all by the third hangout, fourth hangout, I don't know if this is a guy you should be with. If he's not, if he's not trying to go for a kiss by the third date, you might be with a guy who's not as confident and you're probably not going to like that. And it might show up in, in worse ways if you guys continue. So there, how often should or, I or make a move and see and see how That's he responds at one way or another you'll find out your answer you know <laughs> right. if you do that whatever the answer is i yeah. i'm a firm believer it in milana right I mean, it's always better to know than to be sitting there wondering yeah. no matter a- what ask him hey is this a date hey i'm just yeah actually no that's that's the best answer hey i'm, I'm just curious is this a date done you'll get yeah. your answer right there you'll know always better to know how often should i offer to pay on dates you should always offer to pay on dates. You should always offer at the least. It's it's going to be, he will like it. He'll be more attracted to that. So even if he's the one, you know, with the exception of like, he invited you to some concert or something like that. It's like, well, okay, he obviously took you out for the night, whatever. But anything else, you should just offer. I agree. And try to reciprocate. Like, if he's paying for the first three dates, four dates, ask him out and do something, and then you pay for it. And if he's like, "Oh no, I got to say no, I got this one," you've been getting him. Yeah. You know I that's agree. um, that will sh- that will give big bonus points in his eyes. Yeah. I friend zoned someone, and I regret it. What should I do now? Make a move. <laughs> talk, talk to him. Ask him on a date. If you regret it, turn it around. Because I'm telling you right now, I bet you. I bet you that even though you friend zone someone, you as a woman have it easier to turn around a friend zone situation than a guy. Because usually when a guy's in the friend zone, it's past the point of no return. You know, she sees you as like a brother. It's like almost weird at that point. But a guy, he's he's. It's harder for him to turn that attraction off. So I think that you can just tell him the truth. Say you made a mistake. Let's let's go on a date. Be yeah. direct. Be clear. Or even you know, if you feel weird saying like I made a mistake and calling out the fact that you friend zone, just say like want to grab a drink, and then you know it'll be datey vibes, and you can kiss them at the end. Yeah, and it, be super flirty. Yeah, exactly. He says he has feelings for me, but is overwhelmed and needs some time. Should I let him go? Absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent. Got to be a hell yes. Got to be a hell yes. Because there's a, there is another guy out there who is a hell yes. 
So if I were to put them in front of you unbiased, who are you going to pick? You're obviously going to pick the guy who's a hell yes. So they have to think about it. Because here's the thing. I've been that guy too, or I've said that. And deep down, I wasn't sure about them. And so, and then what's going to happen is if they change their mind back and they say, no, 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 I'm good. I really like you. I want to be with you. Strong chance that ends up happening again. And then yeah. you're always going to be wondering if it will happen again. Tons of anxiety. Just there's no, there's no winning with that. So. Yeah, I agree with that. How soon should I bring up not seeing other people with him? We've been on six dates and talk con- consistently, but I see he's still active on Hinge. How many dates you say? Six. It's still pretty early. That's still pretty early. I don't know. This one can be based on personal preferences, I would say. But I'd say probably on average, the most common, maybe 10 dates. Because 10 yeah. dates... Six, eight. If you're doing one to two dates, you're you're about two months, maybe like ten to twelve dates is probably a time to do that. But that's also personal preference. I think the biggest thing that I would suggest is to stop checking if he's active on Hinge because you're just gonna drive yourself crazy. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think anyone just going into dating just has to assume that other people are dating other people until you guys yeah. have had a conversation. Yeah, I agree. I also think it's for okay to say like to just let them know like. I like you and I'm really enjoying this and looking forward to seeing where it can go. Like, and hopefully they'll say something back. Like it doesn't have to be this like whole big thing. Yeah. And if you just, just be, be awesome and then you'll win. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I love that. that. That's it. Just be, be, be the awesome. And then they'll, they'll pick you be that person and then they'll get off of hinge or whatever. Yeah. There you go. Going on a trip with a new significant other, and I'm worried about him seeing me with no makeup. I have bad acne tips. Sooner that happens, the better. I don't think, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that somebody is going to be like, oh, you have acne that I didn't know about before. I'm leaving. And they probably know to some extent. Yeah. You can kind of see it. And if you're that far into the relationship. You're way more worried about it than he is. Exactly. At that point, he's probably super into you and that's not going to make too much of a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about that and and whatever. And just who cares? So, okay. So then, then you do show him your acne and then he breaks up with you. Okay. That person's not for you. Literally fuck him. Like, bye. It was just like, it's not, then it's not, meant to to be yeah exactly there there will be somebody who will love you no matter what your skin looks like and again better to find that out sooner than later but yeah i think with this one we all have things we're self-conscious about i'm sure he's worried about something that you're going to notice about him on this trip too and he's not thinking about your acne and he knows that it's there and he doesn't like you for the skin on your face you know yeah well here's another thing too is work on your acne then There are solutions. I don't think every single person who has acne is just, that's it. They're stuck. Like there's things you could do. There's pills you could take. There's medicines you can take. There's even natural supplements you can take. There's certain face washes, certain, you know, find out if if you're that concerned about it and you want to be your your most attractive, work harder at the solution. Yeah. Absolutely. A little tough love. It, It works. It helps. It's important. All right. My final question, and this is my absolute favorite question to ask every guest, is 
Dun, 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 dun. What is the best piece of dating advice you've ever received or have to give? I've ever received or I have to give. Okay. Ooh. Weirdly tough. It is weirdly tough because it's so vague. Or not vague, broad. Yeah. Um, Options. Because I gave one good one earlier, but I'm not going to say that one. The one with volume. Um, okay. You need to get really clear. So you need to get really clear on who you're looking for. And, and, and like I said earlier, the list can't be that, too, that long. Okay. I say this because I think people make both mistakes on both ends. They have too long of a list or they don't have a list at all. I think the women have too long of a list and the men don't have a list at all. They're like, oh, she's got to be cute, you know? And this is a recipe for disaster because you, you either as a guy, you end up in a relationship with a woman who you didn't filter properly and then you waste a bunch of time being with the wrong woman and then it ends up in a breakup anyway. Or if you're on the woman's side or the man's side, if they're having a list that's too long, you're just going to stay single. So get really clear on who it is that you want Pick anywhere from three to four things at the max. Put yourself in front of as many people as possible to find those things that you're looking for and then just go with it. That's going to help you with that paradox of choice issue. And on the other end, that's going to help you with settling. So it's about being really clear and intentional with what you're trying to do. And that's going to help you that's going to help set you up for more success in your future relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I love all of that. Trip, thank you so much for being here. Where can everybody find you, listen to you, learn from you, all of that? Cool. Well, if you're watching, is this going to be on YouTube? Yes. Okay. So if you're on YouTube, just type in Trip Advice. You can check me out. Trip is with two Ps. If you're listening to this on a podcast, you can check out how to talk to girls that's available on all platforms where there's podcasts and can't wait to talk to you fabulous thank you so much and to everyone who listened definitely go check out trips videos and his episodes they are so amazing and there's a lot you can learn from them and don't forget to send this episode to a friend who you think would learn something from it share it on your story tag us if you loved it and give a five-star rating and review if you haven't yet all right i will talk to you guys next time